19. 19. And on the 19th episode, they got a sponsor. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Uh, can you believe it? I can't. I can't believe it. It's surreal. It is surreal. I'm super grateful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And apparently congested. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> those go hand in hand. It's a never ending chest cold for you. It, it honestly is with three kids. Um, mm. it's just dance of the germs. Mm. Yeah. The exchange. Yeah. The exchange. It's, and it's I'm like a tango good. really. It is a tango. It's just like, who's sick this week. And between <laughs> the five of us, one of us is like tag. Oh, you're oh. it bitch. Um, do you want to out our, our sponsor? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you want to do the uh, honors? I mean, I can't believe it's real, real life and special shout out to Ashley, uh, who made this happen. And our, our sponsor for the next 12 episodes is <gasps> Spindrift. Spindrift. Oh, my yes. all-time favorite drink. Your all-time fave thing. Yes. <laughs> and I so I just couldn't when I was when I got the email and and we were working it out. And I actually spoke on the phone and I was like, I cannot believe this is real life. Mm. And sometimes I feel like that's just a great reminder about recovery. Like sure. you never know how it's going to unfold. Now, mind you, hmm. um, what I love about Spindrift is it's a small company. There's only 11 people in their office working in their office. I love office. it. It's uh, that small business feel. Totally. And so like when yeah. you like, she's like, here's my cell phone number. So uh, just not this big corporate machine, just this like very down to earth company that, that I just happen to love their drink. Lime specifically is my specifically favorite. Specifically lime. All time. I need drink. to go. I need to do a like go through. I need to get as many flavors as I can and do just like a taste test and go through. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think there's some there's something for everyone. But and don't get it twisted. We're not we're not on a yacht, people. Spindrift is just real supportive <laughs> of what of what we're doing. Um and the community that we've built and they're just helping covering the costs of production. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm it, literally, I'm literally in the storage room of my basement right now. I'm not being sarcastic. There is a box spring there is. behind me. I can so, see it. So that, that is a testament to the grassroots nature. Totally. Of our, of our little pod here, but I am, uh, I am also so grateful for the opportunity to be supported by a lovely company. So. Yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting. And I was asking you before we got on here, um, if um, you said one of your favorite interviews with mm. Chelsea Handler is oh. with Harry Styles. Correct. And uh, and I know you're a big House of Harry fan. Uh, Love my Harry. Did you have some feelings about his Grammy wins? I had all of the feelings about all of the wins. And I am on the Harry side of TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I have been Harry overloaded. And you know what's weird? Because I listen, I'm going to be 50 this year, okay? Let's get <laughs> let's get the backstory straight. My son the other day was like Harry Styles had his birthday on February 1st. I happen to know that only because of uh TikTok. And he turned 29. And I said <laughs> to Duckling number 2, "Oh my god, uh I'm 20 years older than Harry Styles." And he's like, Ew, mom, <laughs> disgusting. And I'm like, okay, 
you come to me when you're 49 and you got the hots for some little 29 year old. And then we'll see how (laughs) disgusting it is. Double standard guy. Yeah, double standard. Totally. That is such a double standard. (laughs) And he did give it a good think. And I was like, see? See? See what I mean? (sighs) Um, Uh, Yeah. And I I love his talent, honestly. But I have this weird, um, like, sadness in me. It's so bizarre. I can't believe I'm even talking about this. But I'm just going to out myself. You know how... (laughs) Well, you it's a build up to something like a wedding or something, some big event where you've been right. planning and it's well, because his tour is coming to an end. OK, and right. he's nowhere near North America anytime soon. And I took advantage of him being here twice right. um, and saw a show. And I just feel just like like so sad that that chapter of my life is over it's over (laughs) but then you mentioned something to me earlier before we started recording he's on the call map he's on the call map so the call map is something that i never you know i think it's well i i don't know what it is but it's a parent thing you know i when i got sober i used headspace uh to meditate a lot which drunk Mm -hmm. daniel hated but we meditated and we got through (laughs) it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then i took a little to from that and with our kids, um, specifically our son had is very, I don't know, hard to put to bed. That's the putting it gently. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. the calm the call map has all of these sleep stories on it for everyone and meditations and the whole thing. It's just a great resource, I think. But yeah, we've gone through all of the kids' stories. You know, your classics like Cinderella and Peter Pan and sure. all of those, right? I'm like, sure. I can't listen to these anymore. Can we yeah. just look at a normal, like, what are what are the options for the normal sleep stories? Right. Harry Styles is one of them. Matthew Wait, McConaughey so- is another one. And they oh. just, they they read you a bedtime story. And it's like 40, 40 minutes long. My daughters are huge Harry Styles fans. Went to the are concerts. Oh. My seven-year-old, she cannot... If you turn it on, she starts giggling. His oh. voice is too deep. It's so deep. She's like in oh her feels. She's like, turn on something else. So like she cannot contain herself. I think that's how I might feel. I feel like there'd be nothing calming about Harry Styles reading me a book. Yeah. I would be like, doink, I'm awake. What <laughs> else like, do I talk about? <laughs> but Matthew McConaughey's story is on repeat in our house mm. right now. Interesting. What what specific story does he read? Do you know? He tells a story called. He's like, "Hello." <laughs> it's called, that, that was an English accent. Uh, it's called. One, it's called Wonder. Huh. Not to be confused with the Sean Mendez song, but it's called uh-huh. the story called Wonder. Is... It's about a girl and her grandfather watching the stars. Interesting. Yeah, where oh. where did I go with this? But, is um know, is Samuel it's... L. Jackson's rendition of "Go the Fuck to Sleep" on there? <laughs> yeah, no, but it. It should be. <laughs> it should be. It should be. <laughs> that is, that is, that's the gift I buy all of my people in my world that are having a baby. Like right. I'll get them the real, um, the real shower gift. And then I'll slide in a go the fuck to sleep. Go to fuck it's to a sleep. classic. It is. It is a classic. If you haven't seen it, it is a classic. Well, and I think that so, you know, so much of the adjustment uh, and and rationalization that I get still consistently from feedback from people is just sleep, you know, and we've mm. talked about this before, mm. getting used to going to sleep without an aid. Right. You mean like it, a chemical aid? Yeah. 
<laughs> or oh, let me tuck you in like not like an aid like a <laughs> like a, like a chemical aid like yeah, your little like, sleep elf yeah like a little sleep elf he's like you know like, Ra- hey ralphie get in here and suck me <laughs> yeah in, tuck me shit. in ralphie um no like no but since the vodka little sleep elf vodka mm. you know mm. left there was definitely a transition mm. where i had to figure out how the fuck to go to sleep um and then then i was just I've just been sleeping, but then I forget like kids, you know, kids are human. Kids are humans, turns out, and they have Stop a hard time it. falling. Yeah, I know, right? They have a hard time falling asleep. Calm up. Now I'm fucking listening to it just on my wow. own free will. Even after mm-hmm. the kids are asleep, I'm like, all right, Matthew, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> You're on first name basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, it's um, basically so, a pep talk. It's a pep talk. So let me ask you this. Um, when you said chemical, obviously we don't use alcohol in the beginning of sobriety to get to sleep, but I was I was um referring to like a medication. Totally. Did you ever participate in any of that? As of course, physician led. Um yeah, absolutely. I was given um a mild anti-anxiety slash sleep aid um, mm-hmm. to take when I needed help going to sleep, which turns out was always at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to give them to my wife to give them to me Interesting. because I would eat them like fucking Tic Tacs. Good for you though. That's, that's huge that you yeah. saw that, recognize yeah. that. And- I'm I'm horrified with updosing, um, which is a term that I'm using. <laughs> I'm using, uh, you know, updosing, updosing uh, is a term that like where you take more than prescribed, right? Yeah, so sure. hurt your back, you get, you know, some painkiller and mm-hmm. you're like, what well, says take three a day. So mm-hmm. I'll just take three right now. Right. That's in one day. It's in one day. And then the whole, every four to six hours, like <laughs> details, yeah. fuck that, yeah. you know, details. <laughs> right. uh, so up, <clears throat> updosing is definitely for me has always been, and it makes sense, like an escape, right? Like Mm. alcohol updosing, like nobody, Mm. somebody commented this morning, which I actually like when people leave curious comments and not judgmental comments, Mm. Mm. because there's a way to approach the same exact answer in a different way. And the person just said, you know, I I never understood why people want to take it beyond a good buzz to a blackout drunk. And not like, that's so stupid and you're, you know, but like, like actually curious. And I think that's the same reason that if given, if I was in charge of my own like medicine in that first month, I would have just treated it like I had been treating vodka. Right. Like I'm in the self medicate, even though it's prescribed, I'm going to take as much as I think I need. Right. Yeah. Never don't leave drunk Daniel in charge of medication. No. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, I think there's lots of different, to go back to the comment, your commenter, Mm -hmm. I don't think we understand it either. I don't understand why I couldn't just be happy with a buzz. I don't Uh understand that either. It's an excellent question. That is the question. It's the question. That's the unanswered question that you may never have the answer to. Like, and it's also could 
tie into the whole why of it. You know, if you, oh, yeah. like you and I have talked about that, if you don't have emotional trauma, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't go through something that triggered you to be a certain way, if you just had, if you had what you would describe as a typical upbringing or life or even a good one. Right. And then you are an, an addict. Right. Yeah. It's like this unanswered question and your commenter that, that's a great question. It I is. would it, love to know the answer yes. to that question. I have no idea, right? Right, a hundred percent. And I, for me, I think I have a little bit more specific trauma, um, but I still have led a very, you know, life I'm I'm grateful for in many ways, in most mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. So I could I could take it back to the origin of wanting to escape. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, as somebody who has experienced significant trauma. Um, I am a little tired of being trauma dumped on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's a, there is a reason, excuse me, there's a fine line. And this is just my experience. I could use trauma all day long and stay drunk all day long. And even since sobriety, I've experienced a lot of trauma. Um, I lost another friend yesterday. Um, You know, am I drunk? No. Right. So even when, so the answer I give a lot is like, I would use it to escape because I didn't want to feel a feeling I was feeling, mm-hmm. but that does not, that's not many, that many days, you know, of the year and, and of the decades I was drinking. That's right. few and far between. There's right. most of the days I was just, why couldn't I stop after a good strong buzz? I have no idea. Exactly. I wasn't right. constantly in trauma. I wasn't constantly running from something. Right. Exactly. And I think that's a a really like open-ended question that a lot of us can't answer. And I, and also to go back to sleep and how you had to uh, have your wife monitor your meds. Right. It's not like that for all addicts either. Like Mm -hmm. it's a really interesting thing where you don't want to test that, but not all alcoholics need someone to hold on to their sleep aid for them. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, and I'm not trying to overdramatize that. I just, at that point, when I just said, I'm, I'm, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm going to do what the doctors say. I'm going to mm-hmm. really commit to this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to see how I feel. I just didn't trust myself to be by myself or make decisions mm-hmm. in that capacity because I had successfully failed <laughs> at being in charge of my own healing and being in charge of stopping for too long. And I had just That's- to say, like, I need, other people to support me. Right. That's huge, Daniel. That's huge. That, that you needed people in your inner circle. I mean, it is so big to take a step aside and recognize that you, you need to be vulnerable in that way and that you need to release control in that way. Right. Because being an alcoholic, it sounds like an oxymoron, Uh but for a lot of us, it's, uh, it's about control. Although you're completely out of control. Yes. It is about you feeling like you're, you have the control of a situation a lot of times when, when you absolutely don't and, and recognizing that and then taking that a step further for you and involving people in like part of your recovery, which was, I need to sleep. I need to do it right. So here, partner take care of this for me like that that is big a lot of people don't have don't have the um the balls to do that to to put their pride aside or or to put their 
or admit they have that lack of control. Right. And people who don't have a partner or a spouse or someone to do that for them. Right. And so yeah, that's that's up to to you. And and that is those are people that I have mad respect for because Mm -hmm. at least I had 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 and have that same person who was there to support me. Right. In real in real time, in real life, right? Mm -hmm. I still think asking for help is, is the hardest part, you know? Um, mm-hmm. like I, I work out, my trainer is always like the, the hardest part about my workouts are actually me getting to the gym, <laughs> you know? And it's true. <laughs> like that, that getting, yeah. just getting there once you're there, it's kind of like, once you finally ask for help, once you finally open the door to receive help, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the, the temperature shifts, the, the energy can shift slightly. It's not easy. Right. Like, oh, everything's fine now. I just ask for help yeah. and I'm good. Yeah. But, you know, it does change the, you. at least for me, I realized, okay, these people still love me, even though X, Y, Z, these people still are here to support me. And it held right. me accountable. Yeah. Because once you involve people, other people, you, yeah. you elevate your accountability. For sure. And a lot of people in our lives want to play some kind of role. Like they have maybe been so confused about our addiction for so long and wondering why you're doing, you know, doing what you're doing and this and that. And then you finally are bringing them in as an, as having an active role in your recovery. And it's like this, like exhale for them. Like, okay, I, I'm in on this now. Like I'm not the person they're hiding from. I'm not the person they're lying to. I'm contributing, you know? Yeah. And and it's the collaboration and for me, so much of the drinking was isolative, right? Mm-hmm. Isolation. Yeah. I don't, and I, I always say this, but I don't know a lot of alcoholics or people who have quit drinking that were doing most of their drinking public facing. It's quite the opposite. It mm-hmm. seems like the common theme are people who are drinking alone, drinking in secrecy. And it's funny spending like, several years being like, I'm fine. I don't have a drinking problem. I can quit whenever I want to. Hey, I, I need you just to like hide this medicine and just mm-hmm. give it to me once a night when I need it. Right. It's right. like a fucking 180. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But so better what, than a 360, which would have been just me yeah. self-medicating and just replacing yeah, with, one thing for another. Right. 360 Trans- is when you turn in a circle. And All the way around. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's called transfer addiction. I've learned Yeah. when you start. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to your sleep habits. So you, was that right away? Like during your conversations with your doctor that you've been open with us about mm-hmm. that you did that and involved your doctor um, was part of that, that they were like, here, let's try this for your sleep. Or did it take a little while of you struggling? Like, did you know, right out of the gate, I'm going to need some help. I knew, I mean, because I was in a pretty bad medical state with having had the hallucinations, which I we've talked about, I think enough. And then, Mm -hmm. and the amount that I had been drinking, Mm -hmm. right. I, I very well could have, should have, would have been a, accepted easily into like a detox, mm. you know? Um, but this goes and you back didn't to, because why? I don't know. Pride, denial, shame being, you're going to take time off work to be 
a principle in, in treatment, you know, um, versus if I had cancer and I took, uh, and people knew that there would be a fucking meal train. I would, there would be no shame in the game at all. Right. Different mm-hmm. disease, different reaction. Um, so I, I think I was just and, and a lot of it was just the denial. I'm going to just, I think that's where I'll leave it. Ego and denial. But my doctor was very clear about like giving me things to help me. And this is what you need to watch for. And this is, you know, kind of like, this is our game plan. And if, and should it turn this way or that way, you need to, you know, call me immediately. So I was in Mm -hmm. regular constant contact with Justin. Um, Mm. Oh, first day basis, are we? (laughs) Well, I don't want to say his last name because then I'm going to Google him. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Dr. Justin. (laughs) Dr. Justin. And, uh, (laughs) you know, when I got my blood work done a few weeks ago, Dr. Justin, you know, he's still there for me, giving me fist bumps. Like, I'm so proud of you, you know? That's awesome. It's been really cool experience. So you mentioned meditation, um, Uh and the calm app, but, uh, so is that, do you have a ritual? I know you talked about your breathing exercise Mm -hmm. that you do at bedtime. That was very early on. Maybe the OGs heard that episode, Yeah, yeah. but, um, is do you, I mean you have your nighttime walk like you are very ritualistic. About I am. I have my your... I have my nighttime walk. I have my hot water with lemon. Mm-hmm. I um, my wife and I divide and conquer in terms of like a tuck in schedule. We have a rotation, you know. So <laughs> each of our kids have different nights that they mm-hmm. get like the first tuck in or second. Who gets what? You know. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, because I feel at some point they're not going to want us to tuck us in, so. I'm all in for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if I haven't fallen asleep in the, you know, tucking my kids in, which is like really you fall asleep hard. with them, you mean? Yes. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I'll lay here with you and we'll listen to the sleep story. And the next thing you know, it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God, Lord. Um, but at least I'm not in my underwear on the couch, right? So sober. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just mosey back to my it's own. A good trade off. Yeah. But I really don't have a hard time falling asleep anymore. I can go to sleep. I lay down, I'm annoying. And there's that meme that went around. My wife sent it to me the other day that snoring is basically like bragging about how well you can sleep. Because yeah. um, I just like lay down 37 seconds later, start snoring, snoring. like up in the morning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but there wow. was a long time when I couldn't sleep and mm-hmm. I was really fixated on not being able to sleep. And what you focus on, you get more of. And I, and my opinion is that three hours of sober sleep is better than 10 hours of drunk sleep. So when I cannot sleep, mm-hmm. instead of, oh, oh, poor me, I just, yeah. I throw on a meditation. I throw on whatever I'm in the mood for. Sleep mm-hmm. story with Matthew, a, Matthew, a guided meditation about breathing and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I fall asleep. How about early on though? Very early on in your sobriety. Very early on. I... That's a really <laughs> common thing people want to talk about on the Yeah, on that's the true. I, I apologize. Um, no, very it's okay. Er- very early on, I did, um, I got Headspace, which was newer at the time. And they have all of these nightly courses. And kind of like when you, on, on an app that you might have for not drinking, it counts your days, like streaks. You know, mm-hmm. it would like give you like, oh, you've meditated three days in a row or four days in a row or, you know, and mm-hmm. there you can in choose your own adventure. One minute, two minutes, five minutes. And at the time, 
and I haven't been on the app. There was just one gentleman who did all of their airtime and he had an Australian accent or a South or like South African, Australian, some, so, you know, like one of those accents mm-hmm. that have you at hello and mm-hmm. <clears throat> would just like, and I just did that every single night until I had exhausted literally everything that you could do on that app. Mm-hmm. And that was, I did that for like a year and a half. Wow. And I feel like I retrained my brain to be able to let itself go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But that was part of my ritual. Along with a prescribed sleep aid or no? Yeah, but I only use that sleep aid. Um, oh, occasionally, like desperate just in times. The, in the very beginning. Mm. Because my primary fear was I wasn't going to be able to sleep. And right. so, well, here you go if you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like if you if there's a chance of rain and you're out and about and you don't have an umbrella, all you think about is the fact that it could rain. Mm-hmm. But if you have an umbrella with you, you're like, huh. I yeah. don't fucking care if it rains. Yes. Yeah. It was that. It was like a he mm-hmm. like Jedi'd me. Right. You know. Manifestation. Yeah. And it was just he Jedi'd me. Yeah. It was like a just Dr. Justin fucking mind mind tricked me. <laughs> but it worked because there were definitely the first few weeks I leaned on that, but mm-hmm. it's not something I kept taking. It's not something I take now. I don't mm-hmm. take anything for sleep. That's great. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a relatively, uh, I don't want to downplay your struggles here, but it sounds right. like it was a relatively easy road for someone who was so heavy in, right. in an addiction. Um, yeah. I mean, I, t- I think it took, but me, I mean, you were proactive it, about it. I yeah, it took me like six months. It took me like six months to really get into a, a healthy sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's a I good hefty amount of time. Yeah. Where I wasn't thinking, where I wasn't thinking about it, where it wasn't, Mm -hmm. where I let go of, I'm not going to get enough sleep. And I would just always redirect myself. Well, Daniel, you never got enough sleep. You only got drunk sleep. Like the fucking, the same drunk math that you would do, like you were so good at with sleep. Like Mm -hmm. I was hyper fixated and I had to actually flip that narrative to make it to my own advantage. Mm -hmm. You're still getting like seven hours of sleep. Like who cares? Get up. Listen to something, watch something, read something. Who cares? At Mm -hmm. least you're not drunk. Yeah. And I think the way I feel sometimes when I don't get much sleep at night, which is rare anymore, I I sleep pretty well for the most part. I do have some restless sleep issues, you know, where I wake up several times throughout the night. But um, I'm always anticipating having this like horrible day. It's going to be awful. If I only get five hours of sleep, I'm going to be suffering. And it's never like you're extra tired the next night, but it's never this extreme, you know, I really psych myself out. Like, and then I'll lay there, like, go to sleep, go to sleep. Like, like, (laughs) like, okay. Even if you get a, you know, if every night you're getting not enough sleep, that's different, but here and there it's it's not debilitating. But do you remember, I mean, I have a very vivid memory of one night specifically towards the end of my active addiction. It would, I would say it was in the last couple of months before I finally um, surrendered, but I, I got, you know, I, I was drinking all day. It was one of those things Uh and you feel sleepy until you, pass out for two hours and then you right. wake up and then you're wide freaking awake Fucking in energizer bed. bunny like hey yeah. what are we doing yes right yes. at like 1 or 2 a.m uh-huh and i remember opening my phone and watching 
<laughs> I was watching a Prince tribute. <laughs> and I crying <laughs> like yeah. a baby. Laying in bed on like a Wednesday night, 2 a.m., crying like a baby, missing Prince, you know, still half drunk probably from the night before and just feeling so gross and desperate and like just like what are you doing what is this moment like and just feeling so full of anxiety oh yeah and stress in that moment and I did get back to sleep I know because and then how about when you wake up and you look at you open your phone back up and whatever your last window oh, no. <laughs> open pops up. Purple rain. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny to think about now, but then it was just like brutal, brutal. Yeah. There was time. And that's where I, when I was drinking, um, the hardest nights for me were the more mundane where I, I would accident, accidentally get the drunkest or intentionally, subconsciously, whatever, Thursdays and mm. Sundays, always. Thursdays mm. and Sundays. Mm. And Sundays were obviously, or not obviously, for me, subjectively, worse. Because Friday, you could just like it, you know, whatever. But yeah. a Sunday night drunk, sneak attack drunk, like where I'm, like, I'm just going to have a few, okay. And then at 3 a.m., I was up, and I really couldn't fall back asleep. Right. I really couldn't fall back asleep. So in addition to being extremely dehydrated and anxious and just defeated, I was also exhausted because right. let's say I passed out at like 10. So from 10 to three, you get five hours of really drunk sleep and that's it. Yeah. So that's the reference point I always go back to when I'm thinking, mm -hmm. poor me and my sober sleep, I can't sleep. You weren't fucking sleeping anyways. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And Get, who cares? Like, get over it. You know, yeah. you weren't sleeping anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Keep moving. Keep right. moving. I just feel like people are so focused on getting, like they, they quit drinking and they're like, okay, I'm going to get some really great solid sleep. And they don't. And when you hyper fixate on it, like we're saying, it, right. it just makes it that much worse. I mean, you're not this, it's not going to end you. If you don't get some solid sleep for a little while and people will it's be like, not. I've been, I've been sober for two weeks, which is amazing. I'm not saying it's not an, an, an unbelievable accomplishment. That's totally. awesome. I've been sober for two weeks. I'm still not sleeping well. Correct. And you know, you don't want to be that guy that's like, okay, well, <laughs> you have to give it another couple months. Sorry. Yeah, like, I know. Sometimes I don't, I don't like to answer those answer. questions. Yeah. The timeline questions. Yeah. Specifically, well, everyone's so different too. Everyone's yeah. so different, but like my second year of sobriety was harder than my first. Mm -hmm. And people, they're like, "Oh, uh, talk about a buzzkill," you know? Yeah. If they're early, yeah, on, they're you like, don't want it. Yeah, yeah. In the whole, I feel great. Yeah, I'm like, pink just cloud. wait till next year, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the whole pink cloud oh, yeah. syndrome. Yes, which, mm -hmm. which I never experienced a, a significant pink cloud. I think it was more. I described it more like a tide. It came in, came mm -hmm. out. Parts of the day were easy, parts of the day were hard, or a few days at best, either way, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the sleeping thing, I feel like, and I know I did this when I was, it's a little bit like mining for excuses to go back to drinking. Mm. I'm just going to, and I don't mean to make anyone uncomfortable here, um, but people will start being like, well, this isn't better and this isn't better and that isn't better. Like instantly, I guess I'll just go back to drinking. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it it takes a while. It's a progressive mm-hmm. process, just like it took you a long time to get to where you are right now or where you were. It's going to take you not as long, but it's going to take time mm-hmm. to get out of that, to get right. back to a life or to rediscover or almost a brand new life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. And, and that's like, okay. To, and that's why I encourage people to spend money <laughs> on themselves that they would have spent on drinking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it gives you that return on investment, that instant gratification that we're always right. seeking. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. What was what was your relationship with sleep? Did you take a sleep aid? I did and and I occasionally still do. And yeah. that was that's what was prompting me to say to you that not everyone that has had a problem with alcohol um will always have a problem with like benzos and things like that and I know that's a really scary thing for people to hear and I'm not suggesting I'm not making any suggestions here. Let's be crystal fucking clear about the, the, um, you know, necessity to speak to your medical professionals. Correct. But that being said, I had, um, I had something, I had a a panic attack a few years before I got sober, had nothing to do with alcohol. Something was going, I I was going through a thing. I didn't even feel it coming. I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And um, I was prescribed a benzo for that, for like a quick fix kind of thing Correct. if I needed it. And I was never someone that um, was interested in um, using medications mm-hmm. to get high or to feel that it, it, right. it, it scared me more than anything, which is unusual for a nurse because we know so many nurses get addicted to, you know, narcotics and things like that because of the availability and, you know, just it's a whole convoluted thing. Right. But, um, and I, I actually didn't, I wasn't, uh, they make me feel sleepy that that's how they affect me. And I didn't, when I would, people would, people like to compare benzos to alcohol because of that effect, but alcohol, I didn't, I didn't use it to make me feel relaxed. I used it to feel more amped, you know, and to feel more excited and feel like I was having my own little party. So I didn't like the the way that those meds made me feel like drowsy. Right. I was like, this sucks. Like, I feel like a zombie. I didn't feel like a zombie when I was drinking. Right. Yeah. That's like the drug of choice kind of conversation, right? People have the drug of choice and it affects- some people gravitate or react well to one and not the other. And mm-hmm. I mean, there was a phase where I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to smoke weed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it was not. <laughs> I went out to dinner with my wife and I had, you know, eaten a Jolly Rancher that was had THC in it. And I didn't read the mm-hmm. instructions or anything. I had no concept of how much to take. And when we got to the restaurant, I couldn't read the menu. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't speak either. Um, oh I was just like, like I'm blind. I was so high and oh it was God. horrible. And I'm like, I can't, this isn't gonna work for me. Yeah. 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 It's not and there, I, I had no desire to ever do it again. Right. And you know, people will say, 
addicts have addictive personalities, right? Totally. And a lot in a lot of ways that's true, but it doesn't mean that anything and everything that we can right. get our hands on is going to be something we're going to go from zero to a hundred. Right. I think you know? if you find something that you like to do healthy, unhealthy, then right. I'm more prone to go all in mm-hmm. on anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if I, yeah. I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do a podcast. If I'm going right. to create a TikTok channel, I'm going to go all in. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's like something that I'm not, I'm not just like, you know, looking for anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm yeah. a selective addict. Yeah. <laughs> Snob. <laughs> yeah. You're a snobby God. addict. Yeah. I'm a so, snobby addict. Yeah. Um, I did struggle with sleep for a while, but not as long as you, not not anywhere near as long as you did. I struggled with, I think it was more my stress level and anxiety when I went to bed because I was thinking straight. I was finally, I finally had clear thoughts when my head would hit the pillow versus, you know, slumbery, like, okay, now it's time, you know, to embrace this uh, relaxed feeling. Cause I was always on the go when I was drinking, I wasn't sitting around. I wasn't laying around. I was, sometimes I would lay down and take a little snooze and pop back up and, you know, keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's impressive. I, if I yeah. if I if I laid down at all when I was drinking, it was that was that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tomorrow. it wasn't always like that. Don't get me wrong. But if I I'm a woman on the move, I have an agenda. You know, I've got shit to do, and alcohol was a part of that for me. It didn't interrupt that or cause me to not get those things done. You know, right. what I mean? well, as evidenced by our, our last episode when you did your fucking meal prep while you were about yeah. <laughs> it was roasting vegetables and <laughs> baking Made my a chicken. soup in the slow cooker. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is no joke. Like that was for real how I yeah. was behaving. <laughs> so when I would finally hit the, the bed and my head would hit the pillow, then it would come on and I would be, you know, forced into a sleep at a um an alcohol induced sleep, but I didn't have the energy anymore, um, to start thinking too hard about anything at that point. So when I first got sober and I would lay down and I would really, those thoughts and that anxiety and all of the stress that, that we put on ourselves, the second we're supposed to start relaxing, you know, like most people, it all comes rushing in and that's what would keep me awake. It wasn't that you know, it, I didn't use alcohol to go to sleep, but it did, you know, enhance yeah. my ability to be able to sleep. So uh, like, yeah, and I, I didn't would, use it as a sleep aid, like, because I feel like that's like, in that context, it sounds to me, if you say it like, well, I need it for sleep, that you don't drink anything until you're about to go to bed. Right. right. And then you right. have a glass of uh, Cabernet and call it a night. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was drinking like all the way up until bedtime. Right. And then I'm like, fuck, I only get this many hours of sleep. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I have to go to sleep now. Yeah, I don't have a like, choice. Mm, I have to. Pum, yeah. pum, party's yeah. over till tomorrow, I guess. That's it wasn't why like, people yeah. would have like a nightcap, right? Isn't that what that's why it's called that? A nightcap? We were I having- would call that. I would call mm-hmm. it a nightcap just to, and it would like jingle jangle. I'd take my vodka yeah. up the steps. Right. Um, but that wasn't like my first drink. That was like my last, that was like the fucking no, no, no. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We had a morning cap, an afternoon <laughs> yeah, cap, a yeah. dinner cap. I had a we lot had all of the caps. caps. Yeah. yeah. Caps. <laughs> Just caps everywhere. 
But that's where that phrase comes from, I think. Having a nightcap is because for most quote unquote yeah, those typical are the same people drinkers, that say tannins. Yes. <laughs> they would <laughs> use alcohol to help them get to sleep. Yeah, exactly. With all the tannins. The tannins. Smoky fucking Smuckin tobacco o- out there. Smoky, oaky, fucking <laughs> oaky, <smoky>. pokey. <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, the anxiety is what kept me from sleeping for a long time. And I didn't do anything too ritualistic like you did. I I would try to, um, I'd use white noise and shit like that, you know, um, which I still do sometimes, but Oh yeah. It, Our house sounds I like just, a fucking like wind tunnel. Every, like, every bedroom has off. a fucking yeah. like rainforest or like exactly. jet engine. Fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if somebody broke in the middle of the night, they'd be like, I don't, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's I like, oh, where's the Ooh-hoo. landing pad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fuck. there's an owl in here. <laughs> That's so great. But I think just generally speaking, it's, you just have to wait it out. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I, but that's where I had to really meditate because my therapist was like, I'm, I'm still to this day, a very anxious person. And Mm. if I, my brain has to be an employee of my body Mm. essentially. So rather than the other way, like I have to tell my brain, it's time to go to sleep. Like my body's Mm. tired, turn it off. That's so easy to say and so hard to do in my experience. So the mm-hmm. ritual of having the meditation every single night, just, it was just part, it built a habit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you're fucking tra- shit. Like my, you said, my dad, tra- Jim would say like, you got to do it every day for 21 days for it to be a habit. Habit. Like, yeah. Fuck you, Jim. <laughs> and then Jim, but Jim's right. Yeah, Jim's right. Jim is because right. Jim had it right. And I did that. And now I'm just... You know, I just gave in to all the shit that I felt like I was too good for. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna meditate. Ugh. Yeah. Then I'm like fucking like, where was I? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Guided imagery. You're like, yeah. oh, that's right. I was walking down this beach path. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I was get, in the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get back there. Let me get back there. <laughs> you gotta just do what works for you. You know what I mean? Just do what works for you. Reading is a great one. That puts me right the fuck to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassingly enough, I'm like, I'm going to really get into this book. It's like a murder. People are getting like slaughtered and I'm like. (laughs) It's a suspense thriller. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck, I'm sleepy. Yeah, I'm sleepy. Well, thanks, Spindrift. Yeah, Spindrift coming in clutch. We really appreciate you. First step. Yeah. And sponsored apps. Yeah. And when we get more details, we do have uh, discount codes that Mm. people can use to order online to save a few bucks. And uh, some of the flavors are hard to get in the stores. So, but Mm -hmm. this is like much easier when you order direct. Um, uh, And we will. I don't know what you're supposed to do. We'll put them in the show notes. People say that. I don't know what that means. We'll what fucking get the them to you notes? somehow. I have no idea. I think that's the, when you describe it. Okay. But I hear people, when I listen to podcasts, they talk about show notes. I'll show link notes. this in the show notes. Oh uh, way over my pay scale. Yeah. I don't think we have show notes. <laughs> Let's keep think, it that way. Can we I, please? I, agree. I don't want we'll, show notes. Well, neither do I. We'll just tell you at some point when we we'll just tell you. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll just tell you and you can write it down in the notes on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Use uh, a pen. We, here's a pen. We'll catch you with episode 20 next week. Thank you everybody for tuning in to Sobriety Uncensored.